on getting the uh, the video I did from Jeff City last week to uh, to put it up on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And the sun was just incredible, like the corona and all that. Yeah, because you can take your glasses off whenever it, it covers the sun. So we're at right. two and a half minutes. You can look at it. It's I, I took I got video of it, and then I video uh, uh, also of our reaction. Like we're we were at a park on a down slope, and you can see people down with us, and like um uh, you hear the the bugs and start to come out and start to mm -hmm. sing, and then the birds all go to the trees, and mm -hmm. it's fucking awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, another one going up in twenty twenty four. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is our weekly podcast that delivers a minute-by-minute -minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. This is your episode 26. We'll be covering from 2501 to the 26-minute mark. And uh, joining me to talk about this minute in all black, my somber, sadness-stricken associates. I am in mourning. I am Ryan, and I am in mourning. I'm Caleb, and there is no God. <laughs> I mean, what can we say? These are rough times. Ugh. Prime is uh, dying. He's We're in the process of passing the mantle of leadership to Ultra Magnus, and we had to have this awkward cut in the middle of his speech mm -hmm. uh, he, and where we left it last episode. He was kind of rebuffing Ultra Magnus's claim of unworthiness, and uh, he kind of left it with "Nor was I," but one day an Autobot shall rise from our ranks, and that's where our minute starts mm -hmm. to use the power of the Matrix mm -hmm. to light our darkest and honestly, hour. And honestly, like watching this, even with like in light of the podcast and like with you guys here, I really got a little. I mean, I cry really easily, but I got choked up and was like, I did get a little misty just yeah. watching this. That's tough. It is, I mean, it's, uh, everything is done so well, from the animation yeah. to the music yeah. to the, and I'll get more into that kind of as we, as we proceed through the minute, but I mean, it was just, they were able to sonically shift the mm -hmm. tone yes. from like bereavement to kind of wonder and awe yes. and then back to bereavement, and yeah, yeah, that, and, that but it was effective, it was not, uh, it, was, oh. it, was, it wasn't harsh. Yeah, it's great, that shift back to bereavement especially, but I mean, we'll cover that later. So Prime opens his chest, he reveals the, um, you know, some really interesting circuitry in there that we'd never seen oh, it's, before. Yeah, it's really pretty and intricate in there. I love the design of the Matrix, too, which is kind of, like, pretty unique. I mean, it's it's interesting. And um, uh, this is another thing of, like, presumably all Autobots have a cavity for the Matrix, just in case they... Well, maybe not Wheelie, but <laughs> just in case they become the leader? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question, because when Ultra Magnus receives it, he just casually puts it inside his cavity. <laughs> that sounds so filthy. Well, I knew you would say yeah. something. Mm. I was going to get into that at some point about talking about, the again, the false modesty on Ultra Magnus. I'm just a soldier. It's like, you have a perfect I matrix hole in your chest. Matrix <laughs> hole. <laughs> like, what, like, we all know that Rodimus must have one, too. And so, yeah, I think the same question. Like, do... 
they all have it, or just are there certain sort of classes of Autobot that right. have it, and, and it some again, will never have it, or It again whatever. goes back to, like, maybe uh, this whole metaphysical thing of, like, um, uh, there's some cognitive issue of, like, you can rearrange your internal, like, your transformation can be changed and, and stuff maybe, like that. Maybe, I'm sure that, I mean, when, obviously some of them, that have these matrix holes never are able to. <laughs> We'd have to refer use them. to it. So as I would think holes. that they would put the like keep other things in there. Like well, oh, it's cr- just like a fanny pack. Yeah, like imagine like what like imagine Rodimus opening up his chest and a bunch of crackers fall out and loose <laughs> crackers cha- and loose change. See, I thought porno books. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Either way, he's a slob. He doesn't use like, his matrix holes. Garbage. It's empty. It's just it's old, like crinkled up aluminum cans. It's <laughs> empty styrofoam cups from the gas station. I mean, he is the party boy of the Transformers, right? So why not? Bags of cocaine. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, just a a ashtray with like hundreds of cigarette butts. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Oh, it's funny. Mm. So back to the dying. Yeah. So this animation here, we keep talking about we're going to do research on how animation is done. But this whole crystalline orb Mm -hmm. of shimmering amazingness is pretty awesome. Uh, Matrix is, yeah, so it's this orb. It's in this structure with handles, which uh, Prime doesn't use, by the way. But the camera zooms into the orb, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we uh, kind of see it zoom out on Prime's body. So at this point, there, even the sound effect, the, for lack of a better phrase, is shimmering. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just very swelled. They, they mm-hmm. stand back in, like, surprise. Or right. I think it's more awe. I, I think yeah. they probably, most of these uh, Autobots have never seen this before. There's your cords, by the way, going from the they machine go to, the bed. to the table. I'm sure they yeah. can. Mm-hmm. Right. At, uh, we're at uh, 2519. Sorry, talking about the issue last episode. At 25, that's correct. Yeah, last episode we talked about how there wasn't cords attached to Prime. Okay. How were the readings happening on the yeah, monitor? And also it was a script deviation. It'd be funny if... Uh, one of somebody tripped over his cord. Oh, uh, it into a Jerry Lewis movie. Oh no, Flavin. <laughs> okay, actually, R.I.P. Jerry Jerry Lewis. By the way. Oh yeah, R.I.P. Jerry Lewis. I wonder if nah. he died too. <laughs> Speaking of dying, right. the Optimus Prime of comedians? No, no. I so I mean, he's fine. He's fine. France loves him. Every day. Yeah, everything's good. France's Optimus Prime of comedians. Um, so. Prime is going to reach into his chest. Let's see if you guys can spot the animation error here. All right. Pa- okay. Pause um, it. It's paused. And I'm getting better. 25, 21, and we're and going forward. Did you see it? No. Nope. It's already happened. No. no I do it again. Let's see if I can reverse it. I bet I know. I bet I already know. It's- oh, there's a double matrix. <laughs> Oh. There's a double matrix. What second are we at here? That's weird. We are at uh, 25, 22. Yeah. When Prime lifts the matrix out of his chest, there's a second matrix in his chest that does not have the glowing orb inside it. That's right. I thought I it, did not notice that at all. I thought it was a strange thing. It would be about the angle of his arms trying to get inside of his chest cavity. Mm. He could never get, pull it out of his own chest uh, that way. Uh, He's uh, not articulated enough. Yeah. So, but wow. I, that's weird. So maybe that's symbolic of like he's given the leadership away, but then he's not really given. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, doesn't he, really. He gets it back twice. <laughs> yeah, so. So. Everybody pretty much agrees that if he's around, he should just have that yes. thing. <laughs> and even to the point of like in um, the ones where he comes back the first time, Hot Rod forces them. Well, Rodimus forces the Matrix upon him, back. even though Optimus is like, no, no, <laughs> no, take it, take it. <laughs> Damn it, Hot Rod. Reason I did, do not remember. It makes him evil. 
Uh, I think he was already sort of screwed up. Anyway, we, we, I don't yeah, know. we don't have to cover that. <laughs> um, so Prime, as we said, he's reached into his chest. He's pulled out the Matrix. He's handing it towards who we would assume is Ultra Magnus. True, but and then he drops it. And he oh, and his head, and he speaks his final words until the day, till, till all are one. one. Which is awkward phrasing to me, but I don't the, like the until until yeah. together. Yeah, it's a repeated I mean, word. But why can't we just say until the day when listen, all are one? He is not in good shape. No. <laughs> Fuck Prime. Be like articulate with your yeah, language. Yeah, you're waiting for like someone in the room to like correct him. The <laughs> <laughs> Prime. Prime shouldn't. Uh, yeah, per, it'd be perceptor. <laughs> I don't believe you're Prime. using the correct verbiage. Don't I mean, you... do you want to repeat that word? Maybe and then just like, like Tupac, Prime's final word would be fuck, fuck you, you. <laughs> perceptor um so prime loses strength mm-hmm. in his hands and the matrix tumbles uh, falls from, his fingers. from it uh gosh it's just like so, even that is sad like you know like this is yeah it. 29, 28, uh, yeah. The Matrix falls towards the ground. Everybody um, runs toward it. Yeah, everybody's trying to recover it, and Hot Rod happens to be the one that uh, scoops it up. And at this scene, this scene is very mystical. This is where the music really gets shimmering, I think, at this part. And this is where their tone really changes mm-hmm. again from uh, somber to spiritual and we realize there's kind of some sacred Autobot magic taking place here. It's but... pretty heavy-handed with the foreshadowing. <laughs> it really is. What, really... that the whole screen turns blue? <laughs> the, the, yeah. He holds it up. Uh-huh. Really blinding, and it's and even the shadow shifts somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, it, you know, the instant Hot Rod catches it, there's an interesting pulsing, highlights, shadows. Um, he stands up, lifts the Matrix upward, and... Um, as a kid, oh, yeah. this entire moment, I mean, I think it did what it was supposed to do, which is to indicate that Hot Rod is supposed to yeah. be the guy. But what I also wasn't sure of or was always questionable to me was that I thought that maybe Hot Rod became the guy because he, he was the first one to touch touched it. the Matrix. Like before. catching the bouquet at a wedding. Exactly, right, exactly. So, oh, maybe. So, so if he I hadn't have caught it, maybe if it would have landed in Ultra Magnus' hands right. first, it wouldn't have imprinted on... God, what if it would have landed in Daniel's hands? That would have been awesome. It would have crushed him. Excellent. Ow! Ow! It's just one of the many times he dies in this movie. My leg! Yeah, and as a kid, I remember, so dumb, like, uh, kid rationale of thinking, like, oh, he could have just taken it there, and everything would have been great. And I'm like, I know as an adult, they were like, he's he's not morally, not morally, but he's not he ready some yet. Yes, he's not he needs, ready. He's not. He needs to uh, get some experience. Yeah, and and uh, but mm. was it the right time? That's right. That's right. We needed to have some more movie first. Right? Yeah, because it could. Well, like, yes. Like, again, we keep stopping that. We keep picking out great parts to just end the movie. Where like, <laughs> right? Why didn't this? Because movie. Boy, so yeah. I guess we assume then the Matrix knew that Hot Rod would eventually be his partner, its partner. And this was just a visual a storytelling you know, clue, a foreshadowing, if you will. Is to, yeah. Yeah. I have an interesting point about that. I don't know if we go into this now. I have a lot about the Matrix. Good, because I'm very curious about this Matrix. Um, we mentioned in an early episode why the Cybertronians don't know of Unicron if they possess the only means of destroying him. And I went down this huge rabbit hole, mostly on the TF Wiki, um, about uh, what the Matrix is. 
And it is really convoluted. Like, there's a lot of, you know, ins and outs. And like sure. I said, Bob Budiansky created it as the creation matrix. Uh, and he created it in the comics because uh, uh, he wanted them to be asexual, but they needed a way to uh, reproduce. Okay. And so he created the creation matrix as, like, a way to reproduce. And wow. um, so essentially the matrix is kind of like a conduit for Primus's power, which Primus was the creator. Well, hmm. You, you know, I mean, the Quintessons in the cartoon were the creator of the Transformers, but Primus is basically Cybertron. Primus is Cybertron. Uh-huh. Um, and so this is like a vessel for his soul, and it's a vessel for all the souls of um, the Transform or the leader, the Autobot leaders. Um, and it's the antithesis to Unicron, and maybe it's just like in their mythology, the Transformers have forgotten about Unicron. Sure, I can... I can get behind that. Um, so, yeah, and then, again, it, it was it, into Beast Machines when we expanded the idea of the AllSpark, where the physical Matrix was like a gateway uh, to the Matrix or the AllSpark. Interesting. Yeah, in the, I mean, this, yeah, to your point, was around in the Marvel comics very early on mm-hmm. in the series. It was called the Creation Matrix, yep. although, uh, and its function was to create new Transformers, but it just so happened the leader of the Autobots is the one that housed it. it. But it became kind of a device throughout the series. The Decepticons would try and grab it. Mm -hmm. I think Shockwave wanted to get it to... You know, build a Decepticon army early on, and then later on, it became in. I think it became possessed, sort of by yeah, darkness and that's, at one what, point. What you said, Aaron, was about like the the Matrix uh, may know that uh, Hot Rod is the one that's going to inherit it. And where in the comics, later on in the comics, the Matrix is, does become self aware. Where um, it's after the uh, comics movie where uh, Optimus Prime flies into Unicron and mm-hmm. destroys him with the Matrix, and then his body is uh, crash landed on a separate planet. Uh, I guess the Autobots didn't know the Matrix was in there. I don't really remember that part, but um, the Matrix becomes self-aware, and then um, Thunder Lord Thunderwing, which is an evil—I I don't know if he's even a Decepticon, but um, he's he, a pretender. He was a Decepticon. Okay, he became yeah. the leader of the. Yeah, he he finds the Matrix, and the Matrix like is talking about I am Primus, I'm Prime Nova, I'm Sentinel Prime, I'm Optimus Prime, and it's like I've known good, but I would know more, and it wants to know evil, so that's why it binds with Lord Thunderwing. Because it wants to know the evil side of the world, like it's it wants it's it's going through its bad phase. I guess, yeah. So I would. I, I, I guess I'm of one of two minds here. Mm-hmm. Is this Matrix? And I'd say, I'll, I'll, if we talk about our iconic moments, this moment at twenty five thirty seven is a pretty iconic moment mm-hmm. where Hot Rod is lifting it up. The screen is you know blindingly blue. It feels like there's some connection here between the object and Hot Rod. So is this Matrix, are we to believe it's sentient and that it's responding to Hot Rod? Or is this purely just a storytelling moment to let us know Mm. that Hot Rod Mm. is a part of it? Or is this really happening? Is everybody in the room seeing this? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's it's both your first two things. It's, it's, uh, oh God. Like the the, the the Matrix knows. The Matrix knows. Mm Uh, and also, it's helping uh, foreshadowing. I mean, I guess if you think about it, when Ultra Ma- when they're on Junkion later, um, mm. like the Matrix, du- like, Ultra Magnus is the rightful heir to this thing mm-hmm. as of right now. But he can't, he can't it. open it. Right. The Matrix is saying, "This ain't our darkest hour. Fuck you." <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah hold off on this. Yeah. I mean, I well, that also implies that the Matrix has like an ESP, like mm-hmm. it can foretell the future. 
I would think that... Well, presumably yeah, the Matrix a, knows it's going to have to deal with well, Unicron at some point. It already right, knows. Right. It already knows. It, 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 you know, there, and there is... Prophecy, like there's a later, prophecy involved, it, it knows. And, like, later in just the next scene, probably, we see that, like, Unicron can see what is happening to the Matrix. And so uh, I, think, I think we're giving maybe too much credit to the movie, I think it was just like really heavy-handed foreshadowing, but yeah, right. I we can also connect it in the world of uh, what the Matrix is. And right. you can also put a lot of. I mean, you can tell that like the writers are pulling from a lot of mm-hmm. religious. Yeah, religious. and that's well, at this point you really don't know exactly the religious aspect. Are still like you? Don't, they don't really even get into what's going on no. inside you that ball until season three of the show. Like, there's these moments where they somehow. I don't know, bond with the Matrix mm-hmm. or get into it and so that yeah. the leaders can talk to the old yeah. leaders yes. and they're really yeah. creepy, interesting uh, I, things. Yeah, you, like uh, Optimus Prime travels into the Matrix to uh, get the answers to the rage virus and he's like, uh, the Matrix leaders are like, don't go too far or you get lost. And it is like a very religious, spiritual thing whereas um, also the Decepticons don't necessarily think the Matrix is a uh, like deified item but they want the power right. that it provides. I think it's a real smart on the uh, writer's part to to minimize to minimize the, it and and know that the audience is smart enough to to get it to yeah. get it and it can be just ambiguous enough because they know that people in the real world have enough knowledge of religion to kind of fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's true, and I don't know if whether it was a conscious effort or not, but there's a lot of places, and this is one of them, uh, in the movie where there is, like, restraint showed of, like, we don't need to show and we don't need to tell too much. We're just going to show, yeah. mm-hmm. and everybody gets it. Yep. So, And the other thing to think of, to remember is in context of the movie... We don't know that this thing has a connection to Unicron yet. Right. Unicron hasn't spilled those beans. We right. just know that this big thing exists. Well, we know that it's going to be a big part of right, right. And we know evil. this. I mean, we don't. But essentially, that's this true. Is we don't serve, know yet that yeah, that this has anything to do with Unicron. And but this is going to serve as. I mean, we'll know pretty quickly because after the transfer <laughs> happens, we're gonna have, that goes into the next minute. I'm if I'm not mistaken, but mm-hmm. um, the. I mean, basically, this is the storytelling device going forward. Like, this thing, its this is like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> it's like, the MacGuffin. We've got to follow this thing around wherever it is. Um, so, Hot Rod is going to transfer that Matrix over to yeah. our boy Ultra Magnus. Mm-hmm. like, here you go, you drop this. <laughs> <laughs> and Ultra Magnus is going to take it and open his chest cavity, and he's got a perfect Matrix hole. But and it, this is at 2552. Mm-hmm. I think we have the same point, maybe. About him struggling to fit The double tap? In the cavity. Yeah, it is always... I always looked at it as an interesting moment, and I think post... Uh, watching it as a kid, I thought, looked at it as foreshadowing that he wasn't the true leader. Oh, that I didn't. It didn't that it didn't fit that. perfectly in his chest. But a lot of other people will say it's an animation error. Is what my research. I, I can't imagine an animation error. Though? But I can't imagine them. In, I can't imagine the, the the illustrators consciously going with that. Yeah, because you have that's more animation. You're yeah. animating more things. So like there, it, it, put it right in there. Yeah, put it just right in close there. it there. But then oh, he, he adjusts it, it where it takes it back out. Oh weird! Yeah. Why was that decided on? 
Yeah, I mean, and I, and I was actually, I'm glad we looked at it in slow motion like this because I thought that maybe, well, it was a glitch going back to where he first well, put it in but his chest, but he did that with one hand, and that was like yeah, a two-handed reach up there. Look how fast he puts it in with that first that first time. It like almost pops in there, and they might have thought it's not that enough. it's not enough. So they do so it we could take it for know. just so we could take watch it. how fast it goes. Or just in. watch. Just readjust. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe just use the second take then. <laughs> it could be. It could just be yeah, that we're way looking into it. Yeah, I don't know I, if it is just if it's not meant to mean that he's not the true leader because it doesn't fit perfectly. That's fine. pretty deep. But why do this adjustment thing? That's yeah. totally unnecessary. Why at all? <laughs> I don't know. That's interesting. I but, think we're overthinking it. But at the same time, also, it was done. Yeah. So here, I mean, not to jump way, way, way ahead, but. Why is Hot Rod the only one who evolves whenever he gets the Matrix? We've talked about this. Doesn't Prime change? But you're saying no, he doesn't. He doesn't change form because whenever Prime is created as a battle form in the original episodes, he is just the form he is. So he gets the Matrix and he just becomes leader from Sentinel Prime. But here, Ultra Magus gets the Matrix. Doesn't change at all. Hot Rod evolves like a Digimon or something. I don't know. I think it had they have to do something to show. I mean, the, like he's the, the rightful heir. No, what I, I think that th- this story is ultimately about uh, uh, growth, get, growth, mm-hmm. change, change in responsibility, and 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 the and yeah. I'll tell and you so, why because they had two toys to sell. But well, yeah, <laughs> well, is that the real answer? But, but they had to do something. I mean, so they had to they had to symbolically and and show him mature. Yeah, maybe. I guess maybe also like Ultra Magnus looks uh, leaderly. Like he's a well, big he's already statue as like somber character and Hot Rod looks like a fucking teenage kid robot. Yeah. I would I mean, posit that, uh, and we can do the research, and this probably the time to pick this up is probably towards the end. Yeah. When I, but, I know, I jumped but, ahead. Uh, but uh, I would guess a couple of things. I don't. It's probably not the toy thing necessarily because I think at this phase in the design world, they were designing toys to fit the story, not retroactively mm-hmm. writing a story around toys that existed. Mm-hmm. So it's probably not that. I think that probably they felt like, for the viewer, your only leaders have have trailers. <laughs> and I feel <laughs> like they like it just was maybe like a connection to leadership that this guy's got to have a trailer now and so now he's a Winnebago or something instead of just a and maybe that trailer just like the 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 middle midlife crisis young man in the in the sports car ultimately gets the Winnebago and retires mm-hmm. it's like maybe I, I think I it's, I, that's I think a little too deep yeah. but but I just I think it's just a sim, symbol it's, of it's, like they're writing it for, it's for kind of a, a lot of kids mm-hmm. that are are on the cusp of becoming adults and the challenges and the that that uh, that face you on a you know becoming a responsible it's symbolic adult. of the new burden that he has responsibility. So for. he's going through puberty. Yeah, Second sure. Puberty. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's, I I do I, can, I I can agree with that. I think that yes, maybe they were trying to like show that um, he is now become more mature through his uh, struggles and is worthy of the matrix. Yeah, and and, and you've that with with uh, with. Puberty uh, becomes you pubes. Know, pubes. So the trailer so is Hot Rod's pubes. I was going to say something a lot more. 
What I, were you? I was going to say with pu- puberty comes, you know, negotiating a path to, to responsibility. Mm-hmm. But I think he's but, beyond puberty. It's like he's graduated college and has a real job. Although too, you sure. get the, la- the you get the leadership position, he should be Adulthood. in the workforce and Adulthood. have a history right. of proven yeah. um, uh, response. Right. Yeah, anyway, I know I jumped way ahead. I just wanted to address that because it's weird. Copy and paste for episode eighty-three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll just pick it up again next year. When we uh, so. Um, so at this point, the shot now goes back to mm-hmm. somber mode. We've had this mystical moment, yeah. and now it's this really intense. I feel like it's almost meant to kind of mimic a heartbeat yeah. of yeah, uh, like intense synthet- or synthesized yeah. tones. And we the, we focus on uh, the monitor again, where the music changes. Right, exactly. And the monitor and the music are kind of in oh. sync, and um, that's where the movie basically right at sort of the twenty-five flat line moment minute. Um, is the our minute ends. So um, flat line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. flat lines, yeah. and then our next minute begins with some more just more sadness, de- more death process. Yeah. Right. Uh, voice actors. So obviously there is nothing new from the movie standpoint, but I thought I'd take a second. I thought I maybe already talked about this, so if I did, we can edit this out. But everything seemed new to me when I looked it up, mm-hmm. and that is Jack Angel. He is the he took over for the voice of Ultra Magnus after the movie. And he... we talked about we, I I actually asked because uh, I was like Robert Stack certainly didn't continue right. with that voice and I was like who did and that I think was the extent of it. Okay, maybe so, it. maybe so. I couldn't find it in my notes. Um, so he was actually Jack Angel was a very popular radio personality in Los Angeles. He was hmm. a big deal, and also did stage productions. And he started doing voiceover work in the seventies. So there's an enormous list. There is always an enormous list, but mm-hmm. I always pick out kind of the ones that were most interesting. Stand out to us. Super, yeah. super Friends, Scooby-Doo, Spider-Man. He is a very, like, utility player. Most of his credits are additional voices. Mm-hmm. But... Um, uh, yeah. So like so, a, the character actor of voice actors. Right, exactly, basically. But um, which is interesting because he had a very magnetic, like his Ultra Magnus voice was very, yeah. you know, magnetic. He did a great job with it. But uh, Snorks, he was King Zarkon in Voltron. Oh. He was Wetsuit in GI <laughs> Joe. Uh, other Tailspin, Darkwing Duck. He did a lot of Disney stuff. I, nice. I didn't know Kid and Play had a cartoon. Apparently. I did not know that it. either. Um, <laughs> Roger Rabbit, Aladdin, uh, a lot of, uh, again, a lot of Disney stuff, a lot of Pixar stuff. Um, he, in live action, did a lot of voices. So anytime there was kind of a weird voice, um, he was uh, Beetlejuice, the movie AI, Fifth Element. He, in Beetlejuice, I think specifically, he was the voice of the, um, the, the minister that was marrying them. Do you, Beetlejuice, take? Okay. I think he oh, wow. Voice. Yeah. Um, and for Transformers, in addition to Ultra Magnus, he voiced Ramjet, Smokescreen, Omega Supreme, Astro Train, and Cyclonus. Omega Supreme. And he is still alive. He has a very Yay. interesting website. Yeah. Very interesting website. You can actually hear his voice reels over uh, nice. if you're interested. And there's some Transformers stuff on there. So What's his name? Uh, that is Chris Angel. <laughs> Chris Angel. Jack Angel. Jack Angel. Jack Angel. His name is Jack Angel. Nice. Uh, so that's all I got there. Okay. Well, I guess we're done. Bye. Oh, is there a thing? Oh, you guys know what it's time for. 
Oh yeah, that's right! Script deviations. <laughs> Alright, well, I have... Whew, this one's weird. It's a lot. Uh, because the in this script, uh, the Matrix as a physical object does not exist. Um, so it's more of like, again, with the all spark or the spark or whatever. Um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna straight read this from the script because it is fascinating. Uh, Titan shot on Ultra Magnus and Optimus Prime. A distraught Ultra Magnus Nas reaches out with a free hand, points forefinger at Optimus Prime's chest. A glowing beam shines from his finger to chest, <laughs> and then a sunburst effect like opening a door on heaven. A door in Prime's chest opens, revealing a pure white light and a column of that light goes from Optimus's chest across to a similar spot on Ultra Magnus's chest, where a similar door opens uh, to let that column of light in. Then, uh, then Optimus Prime's life spark floats out. The life spark is a glowing, pulsating, visible creature of pure radiant energy creature. in the form of a miniature Optimus Prime. What the <laughs> fuck? Accompanied by ethereal, bell-like sounds, that life spark goes from Prime's chest to Ultra Magnus's chest. The chest doors close, and the ethereal light and sound stop. Optimus Prime lies back with a contented sigh, his face and entire body bathed in an ethereal afterglow, which bonds him faintly with Ultra Magnus. Now, this begs one question. There's a little bit more, but this begs the question of, like, I haven't read ahead, so how does Galvatron take... Oh, the Matrix. That'll be interesting to find out. Yeah. yeah. In that, this yeah. rips it from Ultra Magnus. Yeah, chest. I don't know. He's in his little t -t -t tiny Ultra Magnus that he <laughs> takes out of it. Very cute. Uh, and then Optimus Prime says, Now I take my leave, dear friends, but I am not gone. I am forever one with each of you till all life sparks are one. Hmm. And the Autobots repeat the cry. Til till all, all life sparks, all life sparks are, are one. one. So that is very different. Yeah, it, that's incredible. And it comes in play uh, coming up uh, with Megatron when he dies, too. Ooh, that's right. We're going to see him enshrined, perhaps? No, because... No, it's... That's what, it that's is what so, the, he said he wanted to have Yes, that. and it is so fucked up what happens. It is so bananas. I can't it wait to get to it. Enshrine me. Uh, so, in my version, it's a little more evolved from that. Uh, Prime gives his till all or one speech, but he doesn't open his chest and hand it over to Ultra Magnus, kind of like where yours was. Prime is tilt. Prime is tilted up on a platform. Mm -hmm. Ultra Magnus then presses a button on Prime's chest. <laughs> the secret doorway appears. Ultra Magnus reaches inside the chest and pulls the Matrix out for himself. It glows <sighs> intensely. Ultra Magnus puts it in his own chest, closes the door, and then there's sort of an energy burst after that happens, where Ultra Magnus's eyes glow. I guess indicating his new power and prestige. Um, I kind of like that. I wish they'd included that. In both of these versions, there's no mention of the hot rod. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even pick up on that. You're right. I, at Good some point, point, they had to decide we need to clue the audience. In Again, I think that was like a, that was like a studio note where they're like, "Hey, we need to fucking the kids aren't gonna get it that's, if they don't know the right. hot rod's gonna." That's not even an accident. I don't know what I mean. Doing. Well, think about if that scene didn't exist. How weird would it be at the end of the movie when Hot Rod? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. It does come out of you fucking might not really nowhere. understand. It comes that out of no, yeah. <laughs> Wow. So that was a critical decision. I mean, as small as it was, it's a very critical decision. 
Um, it, I just wrote in my notes, it would have been funny if in the original script, Ultra Magnus dropped the Matrix, bobbling it like a fumbled football. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know why. Why? That's funny, but. Like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, no. Maybe he trips over those cords and. Like, oh, God. It becomes like a slapsticky. I imagine Optimus dropping it and it falls through a grate in the floor. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. And they like have a magnet on a stick. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to get it. Someone get a Phillips head screwdriver pronto. A rat comes up and drags it off. <laughs> rat. rat bat. Rat, rat bat comes and takes it. Oh, rat bat. But he is not a rat at all. That's a, what no. It, it's just weird. Why rat bat? Yeah, it's a dumb name. Huh? I hate you, rat bat. You're bad. I like you rat bat. <laughs> it's not his fault. <laughs> He didn't, he didn't name himself. <laughs> no, that, I guess that's true, maybe. Um, so next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really want to talk about it. No? Just get the tissues. and. Yeah, it's rough. It's going to be bad. It's, it's... You all know what's coming. You presume... I would love the idea that there's somebody who's listening to this podcast who's never seen this movie. <laughs> it's like trying to imagine the movie that we're talking about just from our... Like verbal. Um, oh yeah, and they're probably getting all confused from the deviations, and maybe they're really picturing this magical I mean, masterpiece of what this could have been. This is another thing where like the the the, the tiny Optimus Prime floating out of the <laughs> chest. I want that to be in the movie where Hot Rod has three fishing pole or oh, yeah, uh, has oh, yeah. three fish oh, yeah. and throws his pole into the ground. Yeah. And, well, and all part of Daniel's on a bike. Ironhide and Ratchet are melted together. That's right. From yeah. that's right. Laser fire and. It's the, all the most bonkers parts of the The script. acidy mist of Unicron uh, oh, yeah, envelops yeah. Lytham. The ingester. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Well, that's it. So uh, please listen to the show. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. Uh, we're on the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All of them you can find us at APODDCast. And uh, we've got this pretty cool little web presence, mm-hmm. autopoddecepticast.com. Uh, we like to update that, so... Yep, I put a bunch of, uh, like, anytime we mention something that has nothing to do with Transformers, I put up a video of it on the on the website, and, um, it, go and enjoy it. And even if it does have to do with Transformers... Sometimes that's true. ...tangentially, uh, I think essentially we want to try and make it very encyclopedic of, I mean, we're kind mm-hmm. of doing this in volumes anyway, so there's just, you know... Yep. Lots of more, more deviations and deep dives, that's I right. should say. That's right. Uh, so if you're an iTunes user, by the way, please rate and subscribe. Five stars, please. It really does help. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Right. Yeah, bye, bye, bye. Is that going to be the new sign-off? Ryan, you had a sign out. I did. I think you're going to hate it. Oh, God. All right. So, my idea, and I could do this in either my voice. Oh, God. Or. Or no voice. <laughs> like, Silence. without, yeah. Uh, or a Casey Kasem voice. So, this was my idea. Uh, so, until our next minute, keep your feet on the ground and straight go fuck yourself. <laughs> I think it's funny, I think, to use it every single every episode. Every single episode. It seems aggressive. Yeah.
I do like the idea of saying, Casey Kasem, take us out of here or something, and well, having a consistent is, Casey Kasem-themed thing if it's not go but, fuck but yourself. But if we do that, then, uh, then I don't think... I think that, that you know, you, you edit in audio after we end the episode with some extra content. If mm-hmm. we had, like... If we had a sign, if we had a sign off that had special material, and then we had more material after that. It it it's it drags it out too much. My idea for and the, the whole reason I wanted to do a sign off is just because I I don't I think we kind of limp to the end at the because are there's we, not are a, we still in the episode I, right now? I'll take. Them. I mean, we're recording. It's a discussion, oh, we could. I mean, but I'll talk take about it. I don't care. Yeah, but um, <laughs> it's just we, as Aaron pointed out, we tend to like keep talking after we say goodbye and stuff, and I'm like I think that's because we just don't have a hard out. Which is like we don't have a sign off. We were saying like goodbye, we say goodbye, goodbye, or eat a dick or something. Yeah, like that. well, I mean, yeah, but it's not like I get it that most podcasts that are notable have some kind of something. So I'm open to it. I don't think it needs to be inherently crass. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and actually, as I was on my way here, I'm like, I'm starting to rethink. I'm like, that seems, especially. I don't know why. You... There's enough inherent crassness in this, yeah. right? And I don't know why in this podcast that is very linear, why you jump into a random episode. But if you did, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, just because it's a callback to something Casey Casey I, said in another episode. Uh, I like our. I, I like we and we wrap it up pretty well. We say bye. And I mean, you could argue our sign happens. off is the music, the theme music yeah. serves yes. that function. Yes. Um, All right. But uh, but I'm still open if we have if, if something is comes up. If something fine, comes up that, if, or if, that if feels created, right. sure. We can all I, challenge ourselves. I guess my main. I don't care about the ending of it, but I thought that um, so until our next minute was a good. That's not bad. Run well, up. But and also. So, but also, Aaron does it. I mean, we have a there's a structure. Aaron summarizes what's going to happen in the kind right. of, he alludes, and then where then we say you know bye, uh, <laughs> and that's fine. And then there's additional content that follows. Yeah. So, all right. So until, maybe just me. I guess. I mean, I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to. I, it, I guess but... what I'm saying is I don't see there being an issue. I think it's working very well right now. But if if uh, if we develop a tagline, I mean, we've got uh, what like 50 episodes left to go. Yeah. Wow. That's only like two thirds of what we've already done. Like we're a third of the way through this. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Way to go, guys! I can't. I mean, it's weird. To I'm also 25 episodes. Kind of sad about it, though. I'm like, I'm not. Damn. <laughs> my wife's not. <laughs> oh, she does not care for it. She's, it's more no, about she, my time that I spend doing it uh, mm. than anything. But it's not the podcast itself. Um, okay, so I'm gonna. I'll do like a. That's your signal. (laughs) Everybody clap your hands.